0: And welcome to episode 42 of Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network and a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to learn about life, the universe, and everything. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're talking about gifts. First, we discuss a few games we've played recently, like Kitchen Rush, Catacombs, and Hanami Koji. Then, we ask ourselves, what's the best gaming gift we've ever given or received? And we share some responses to that question from our listeners. Finally, we wrap things up with a look at the etymology of the word gift. And now, here are your hosts. Ambi, Cassidy, and me, Crystal. We've got some business to take care of before we head into the meat of the episode. We recently held a contest. Our sponsor, Gray Fox Games, kindly offered up a copy of their new roll and write game, Harvest Dice, along with an exclusive Pip the Pig Meeple. And a whole bunch of you filled out the survey on Google that we provided, and we really appreciate that. But we've got to draw a winner. So without further ado, the winner is, Drumroll please. <laughs> Lindsey Grossman! Yay! Hooray! Congratulations. Congrats Lindsay. We're so happy for you and Gray Fox will be sending you a copy of Harvest Dice in the mail shortly. So, we hope you enjoy it. Uh feel free to post on social media. You know, maybe you and Pip could pose in a little picture. Of being <laughs> adorable. But uh and thank you again to everybody else who participated.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for all your responses. We got a lot of good feedback. And we're reading through all the responses and we're going to try to improve our our show. Like one of the suggestions we got was to post all our episodes to YouTube, which we have started doing. And we've already gotten some feedback that like people like YouTube and we're getting some new listeners from that. So thanks for the suggestions.
0: Yeah. And it was funny because we got almost exclusively like good feedback like there weren't any like really negative people or anything like that although we did get some contradicting feedback in some areas (laughs) which is interesting like for like one person will say i really love this and then someone else will say i really do not like that and it's the exact same thing so in some cases uh even if you gave us great feedback it may have contradicted someone else's feedback so we're gonna do what we can with that information
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went to BGG Con a few weeks ago and played a lot of games. You can read about oh, my Oh, really? Time. Wait, hold on, hold on. We're <laughs> shocked.
0: Wait, Ambie played a lot of games at a convention? Gasp. <laughs> yes. I. I, I for the record, it. I love that you do this every time. It makes me <laughs> this, so immensely happy.
1: This was our record this year, and we're, we're not going to beat it. <laughs> How many total games did you play? Um, I think eight, er, 70 different games. So we had like 80-something plays, and 50 of them were new, I think. Or
0: 50. But, like, and the thing is, like, people might go, oh, well, clearly all of these games took like five minutes, right? No, like, you played a number of like lengthy games in the midst of all of that, right? Yeah.
1: Some, but like, we did play a lot of short games uh, more than other years, I think, which is why it's a record. <laughs> but it also was very exhausting. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you could read about my time in the blog I wrote, it's on the website. But one of my new favorite games there was Kitchen Rush. Kitchen Rush was released this year, 2017, designed by Vangelis Bagiartikis and David Turkzi, and published by Artipia Games. I actually saw it on Kickstarter a while ago and I almost backed it, which is saying a lot since I don't really back Kickstarters. Anyway, Kitchen Rush is a real time cooperative game, which is one of my favorite genres of games. Basically, if you want me to put a game on a Wanna playlist, let me know it has real-time cooperative in it or deduction. (laughs) (laughs) But that's why I almost backed it. But in Kitchen Rush, you're working in a kitchen to get ingredients together and cook and serve dishes to customers at a restaurant. It's worker placement, so you have workers that go to different spaces to do things like wash dishes, buy ingredients, get ingredients or spices, and cook in the oven or serve to customers. But what's interesting about Kitchen Rush is that your workers are hourglasses, so you have to wait for the timer to run out before you can do another action. I think it really goes well with the theme since you're waiting for your food to cook and there are a bunch of workers in the kitchen in limited spaces, so you have to work around everyone and make efficient use of your kitchen time. There's also a lot of working together to make sure there's enough ingredients for everyone, so someone has to do the thankless tasks like shopping and washing dishes. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I heard from other players at BGGCon was that some people had problems with their timers getting stuck and not working, which would really suck, but that didn't happen to us in our play, so we had a lot of fun. But I also heard that the Kickstarter sent an update about upgrading the timers, so hopefully the Kickstarter version that gets sent out has good working timers that don't get stuck. But yeah, so if the timers don't get stuck, I really liked it and I had a lot of fun. I really like the theme of working in a restaurant, and I think the real-time hourglasses work really well with that theme. So I really want to play Kitchen Rush again.
0: <laughs> I mean, that that honestly, it kind of feels like it removes the um, the problem with some real-time games where... Like you, you want to do this action and then you want to do that action, and you're not intentionally cheating, but it's kind of okay. I did this, and now I do this real quick, mm-hmm. and like it's you don't have any way to like differentiate between the t- the things. And with the timers, you're like, it's not out yet. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't do that other thing now. So. Yeah, you're, you're definitely doing things in order. <laughs> it's it honestly, I feel like I might enjoy that one. Mm-hmm.
2: I actually really just like food based games in general. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hooray for (laughs) food-based games. Like
2: Cooking Mama, which I think was on the DS, and you're just making food. The whole game is just making food.
0: It's just delightful. (laughs) Have you played a la carte before, Cassidy? No. Oh, yeah, you to try that. I love a la carte because you're literally shaking (laughs) these tiny little plastic bottles with, like, gem-shaped ingredients, and, like, you literally have to be, like, doink, and, like, turn the thing over at the exact right. (laughs) like level and amount because if you shake too much in then your dish gets ruined and if you get too much salt in your dish then it gets ruined and there's salt in some of the containers too oh my gosh and then flipping the little you have a little crepe that you have to flip in a pan and it's so hard but it's so much fun
2: (laughs) that sounds fun I like dexterity <laughs> games. Speaking of dexterity games, recently I've played Catacombs, the uh, third edition, which just came out in... I say just came out, but it was two years ago in 2015, <laughs> released by Elzra. It was originally released in 2010. This is the third edition that was pushed out to Kickstarter, I believe. Um, this will play two to five players in roughly an hour to an hour and a half. Catacombs is a really interesting mix of dexterity and dungeon dive each player is going to have one or two characters and then one other player is going to be the dungeon master like in dungeons and dragons so the mass the dungeon master is controlling the enemy encounters so they decide which enemies are placed out based off of based off of the dungeon room that you're in and then you have to flick your character around the board to hit the other enemy tokens. And they're all these little circular disc tokens. Some of them are small, depending on how many hit points they have. Some of them are bigger. And there are out, there are circular walls that are in your way, too, that you can bounce off of and that get in the way of both you and your enemies. You And you play through a deck of cards. Each, each card is a different room, so the room changes and where the walls are changes based off of which room you're in. It was delightful. <laughs> my favorite thing is that one of my characters was this little chicken. He was a chicken champion. And my little chicken did so much damage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he was like the, he's, is he like the chickens or the cuckoos in uh, Zelda? Oh, okay. Yes, like, yes, yes, scary. yes. He's just like, rush, hit,
2: rush, 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 like constantly doing stuff. My barbarian spent most of the game, like, stunned because all the enemies were stunning him. So the chicken was just like, boom, 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 boom. I'm going to hit
1: all the things. It was awesome. I really like catacombs. I have the first edition, which has really bad art, but it's still really fun. And I like how the different characters have different powers. Like the barbarian has the rage, so he just flicks a lot in a row. And yeah, and I, I only miss get to everything. use it once. I only
2: get to use it once because my barbarian spent three-fourths of the game just stunned and not able to do anything, which was sort of upsetting. And I like that the wizard has the shield that you can put in front of him, so mm. you, they have to knock the shield out of the way before they can hit the wizard, which is kind of neat.
0: This is one of those games that I've like known about for quite some time and thought, man, that sounds like something I would really like. And I own Flick'Em Up. And I like Flick'em Up, but truthfully, the Western theme is kind of one of my least favorites. So I it makes zero sense to me that I own Flick'em Up and haven't played Catacombs. But at some point, maybe maybe at a MeepleCon or something coming up, I'll, or maybe at BlitzCon, we can try it out. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine recently introduced me to a two-player game called Hanami Koji. Hanami Koji was originally published in 2013 in Japan from Takamagahara and then was later published in English by Emperor S4 and Quick Simple Fun Games. In Hanami Koji, players are trying to win the favor of each of seven geisha masters. The geishas have different values, which correspond to the number of item cards that each geisha has in the item deck. And players draw cards from that deck and have a hand of cards then they use four actions each round in whatever order they choose to distribute those cards between themselves and their opponent. So the actions will allow you to play cards in front of you, hide a card till the end of the round, uh, let your opponent pick a card from a set of cards that you hold out in front of them, things like that. Then at the end of each round, based on which cards were played in front of each player, the, the favor tokens for each geisha will move toward the player who played the most of her items in front of them. And uh, when a player is able to win the favor of four geishas or enough geishas to earn 11 points, they win the game. The artwork is by a Taiwanese artist called Lee and it is stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is surprisingly elegant like sometimes when a game is pretty the gameplay doesn't match but it's all beautiful and it has some really interesting strategic decisions in it it was compelling in a way that i didn't expect and i have said i'm a broken record at this point i keep saying i don't play two-player games but the more (laughs) two-player games i have been introduced to the more i really really am starting to like two-player games so, uh, and there's also a surprising amount of depth. Like, the game is really simple to learn and to play, but the, str- the strategy is incredibly difficult to be good at immediately. Even if you know what you can do, you don't know what you should do, if that makes mm. sense. Um, have either of you played Hanami Koji? Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yay!
1: I got to play it at Dice Tower Con this year. And I agree with what you said. Like, it's really beautiful, and it has interesting decisions because there's four actions that you're going to have to do, but what order you do changes things, and then what what your opponent does also like depends on things. So it's really interesting choosing which action to do when. I had a really good time with it, and I wish I had
2: a reason to have more two player games in my life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if anyone, if there is a a legitimate online version of it. Because, man, that would be a fun one to play online. But uh I might have to look into that. Or even an app. Oh, man, can somebody make... Talk, <laughs> talk to the publisher. Like, I don't want, you know, bootleg copies. I don't want to be, you know, shady. But if somebody could figure out a way to make a legit version of this. Like, it would even... On a phone screen, you could play this. Like, you could... Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah, it doesn't have small text or anything. Yeah, and have the players um, have their hands only show up when they're holding the phone, you know, pass it back and forth or whatever. I think it could be great. So that was Hanami Koji, and I give it two geisha favors up. (laughs) (laughs) So since it is the holiday season, we wanted to talk about something gift-related, but we didn't want to do uh, just a generic gift idea list in that, like, here's what you, what games you should buy for people, because we know a lot of other content creators kind of have that covered. So we asked our listeners to tell us what was the best gift gaming-related that they ever gave or received, and we got some of the coolest responses. I was kind of blown away, and it's been really neat to read all of them. So we wanted to share some of them with you all. Uh, We're not going to have time to share all of them, but if you did respond either on Twitter or Instagram or our Board Game Geek Guild, we really appreciate it, and we loved reading all of the responses.
1: One really neat one was on Twitter, Tales of Cardboard said, he gave his wife a custom lazy Susan for one of her favorite games, Dominion. And it included a picture. It looks really cool. It has like card cutout ins inserts for all the cards.
0: Yeah, yeah I would yeah, lie.
1: I wish I had it.
0: <laughs> I don't even like Dominion and I'm impressed.
2: <laughs> Elias from Board Game Geeks said, My partner gave me a book of coupons for one play each of all the games in our collection that she doesn't enjoy playing. Obviously not the flashiest of gifts, but it made him happy. And I think that that
0: is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. And I think it kind of... Maybe she was hoping that it would give her a new appreciation for the games that she previously didn't like playing. So that's kind of neat. Over on Twitter... Uh, Becky responded and said, my brother made me and Kelly a gaming table topper as a wedding present. It takes up loads of room and it's really heavy, but he made it himself. So it was really sweet and thoughtful, if a little impractical. Plus, it's awesome for Battlestar Galactica. So, of course, <laughs> I perked up when I saw that. And she also included a picture. And the table topper does look really neat. And I am jealous that I don't get to play Battlestar Galactica on it. <laughs>
1: Tabletop Craig on Instagram said This year for my birthday, my wife got me a Study in Emerald 2nd edition She knows I'm a Neil Gaiman fan, but had no idea the game was on my wish list for over a year. In parentheses, I don't ask her to get me games. I thought that was a really cool coincidence that she got him this game because he likes
0: Neil Gaiman and didn't know it was on his wish list. so that's really neat. <laughs> that is really cool, and I like when yeah. you use someone's interests to kind of mm-hmm. go into like get a game for them
2: Yep, I like that one a lot. Harley from Board Game Geeks says, For Christmas 2015, we gave our son a badge for Geek Way to the West. That gift put us on the path to attending many more con- conventions as a family, making lots of new friends. Our gaming collection expanded from 30 to 300 plus games and even <laughs> listening to some terrific podcasts.
0: Aww. I thought that
2: was really cool. Like being able to do cons as a family is something that I'm kind of looking forward to.
1: Yeah, that sounds really
0: fun. And then the last one for today, over on Twitter, Nicole said, My fave TV show is Twin Peaks. And Evan got me the 1990s board game Twin Peaks Murder Mystery. And it's so bad and so wonderful. (laughs) Uh, As a fan of old 90s, quote unquote, crummy board games, I fully support this decision and I love it. That's adorable. As a fan of
2: Twin Peaks, I desperately need a copy of that horrible game in my life.
0: (laughs) So thank you again to everyone who submitted answers to the question. We will be doing more uh, listener feedback related things. So make sure you are following us on Twitter, Instagram, and or BoardGameGeek. So you can chime in and possibly have your comments read in a future episode. But enough about everyone else. What about us? (laughs) So I really like homemade gifts. When I
1: was reading all the responses about all the homemade gifts and stuff, I thought that was really cool. So one gift that I made for Toby, my husband, is a Cthulhu dice bag or monster bag. We used to play Arkham Horror a lot, and you're supposed to have a monster cup or something, but I found a pattern for a little Cthulhu dice bag online to knit it, and so I made it for him. We don't use it anymore but (laughs) because we don't play Arkham Horror anymore. But I thought uh, that was really fun to use, and it was cute. You know, I'm honestly really shocked that you ever even played Arkham Horror. That was, like, one of our first major games. It was, I think, the first game we bought specifically at a game store to get, because Toby went in, and he's like, I want a hardcore game.
2: (laughs) Uh. I mean, it was one of the first big um, modern games I played, too, actually, and I was obsessed with it for a while. (laughs) But now I want nothing, absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, the best gift or gaming-related gift that I've ever gotten, and I still love it, and it's in a treasured spot in my game room, is the Meeple pillow that Ambi made me oh. <laughs> for when we all met up at MeepleCon. It is my favorite thing. No lies. Oh, yeah, It's awesome.
0: <laughs> I love my Me pillow from Ambie as well. It's also right by my game shelf, and it's awesome. <laughs>
1: I I guess I forgot about that because it wasn't like a Christmas or birthday gift or anything. So.
0: <laughs> it that's what makes it even better. It was like a surprise <laughs> for no reason gift, which is kind of cool. Another gift that I got that was gaming-related, in the early 90s, my parents got me the Omega Virus as a birthday gift, (laughs) and I still own the original copy that they gifted to me, and it still works like a charm. So 90s electronics clearly have some good stuff because it literally has not ever failed me, and it's wonderful. Uh, I also, as far as gifts I've given, my husband um, plays Magic the Gathering professionally, and so I went to someone on Etsy, and got him a custom deck box that had the artwork from his favorite magic card wood burned into the top of it. So I thought that was kind of neat. Uh, it ends up that the box is not like super practical for traveling. So <laughs> he can't really use it all the time. But I think he appreciated the sentiment, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, I think giving accessories for games that people like is really neat. Because a lot of time I'm hesitant to give games as gifts because they might not like the game. And if you aren't sure exactly what type of games they want or what's on their wish list or what they already have, then it might not be best to give them a board game. Uh, I think the exception is for little kids, it's easier to give them games as gifts because everything's new to them. (laughs) So (laughs) We've given board games to our nieces and nephews who are like two as gifts like go away monster and first orchard
0: and they've really liked those i think you bring up a really good point in that sometimes if you have friends who are already board gamers and you want to get them a gift but you don't want to buy them a game i think accessories or things that are gaming adjacent are great options Mm -hmm. like going to the broken token or one of those other or insert.me and buying an insert for their favorite game or component upgrades like you know, cool little meeples or figures Mm -hmm. or resource tokens. Uh, Shoot, you could even buy someone a whole bunch of high-quality plastic bags or tiny little Tupperware (laughs) containers. And I honestly bet that almost no board gamer would turn any of that down because it's Mm -hmm. always better to sometimes organize things in a more efficient way. Or you could also get them
1: completely upgraded games. Like, I was watching Watch It Played uh, News Update the other day, and... Jacob sent Rodney a custom strike arena, like homemade custom strike arena with little audience members painted in the arena part and had columns and then gladiator dice.
0: It (laughs) was one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. And I won't lie. (laughs) I'm super jealous. I still do not own strike. And it's funny because I actually, or I finally caved and I ordered a copy on Amazon that was more expensive than it should have been, like, uh, <laughs> back at the beginning of October. But the seller was in Japan, and I don't know what happened, but something happened during transit, and it never showed up. And they did give me a refund, so I'm not, like, oh, okay. mad at the seller, but I still don't have strike. <laughs> and I really want strike, so someday it you know, It's it'll really happen. easy
2: to uh, find some dice in a bowl. <laughs> it's not the same! <laughs>
0: I'm going to fight for my gladiators in an arena (laughs) until my dying breath. (laughs) That's what I'll be on my deathbed and I'll whisper, it's gladiators in an arena. (laughs) (laughs) For this week's etymology segment, I'm going to look at the origins of the word gift. The noun form of the English word gift, meaning that which is given, originates in the mid-13th century, and can be traced back through the Old Norse words gift and gift, which were sometimes defined as good luck. Roots can also be found in the Proto-Germanic giftes, which came from the Proto-Indo-European root "gob," spelled G-H-A-B-H, meaning to give or receive. When researching this word, I came across something interesting. In a list of words related to gift, I found the word poison. As it turns out, in Swedish, the word gift has two different meanings depending on the context. The word gift in Swedish can mean either poison or married. The word never appears on its own. It's always used within the context of something else. But when you abstract it out into a dictionary's definition, that's what you get. As an English speaker, it does seem a little odd that the same word could be used to describe two very different things, but I thought that was pretty cool. And that's it for this
2: week's Board Game Blitz. Visit our website, boardgameblitz.com, to get links to all our social media pages, including our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Board Game Geek Guild. This episode was sponsored by Gray Fox Games. If you enjoy two-player fighting games, Bushido is now on Kickstarter and already fully funded. Check it out today! Grey fox Games, quality games, cleverly crafted. If you're enjoying the podcast and want to show us a little love, you can become a patron for as little as $1 a month. Just head to patreon.com slash Blitz. Our patrons get a lot of benefits, including access to our private Slack channel, where you can chat with us directly anytime. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Morrow. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Board Game Blitz is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Check out the other shows in the network by visiting dicetowernetwork.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to Board Game Blitz. Bye, everyone! Bye!
0: We've got some business to take care of before we head into the main episode. We... Wrapped up a our, uh, I can't talk today. I'm gonna do this. We have to be done by noon, Crystal. Get it get with a picture. <laughs> Different. And we asked and the dog's barking. Over on Twitter, uh Kelly said Oh nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah, wrong one. <laughs> um and I think nope nope I don't think anything I think that's the end of that
2: (laughs) I feel like you're just saving all your brain power for ti4 I hope that's the way to win
0: I really hope that is what's happening because I can't like I'm not tired I'm not anything like I slept great didn't drink last night nothing is wrong with me right now except I just can't speak I, you know what? People asked for bloopers, and I wanted to make sure Ambie had options. That's what's happening right now. Half the episode is bloopers. Hashtag Not half much, bloopers. But... Oh, goodness. And my dog is looking at me like, what is wrong with you right now? You asked for it, so here's 15 minutes of bloopers. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of Board Game Blitz. Oh, man, we should have done... This episode should have been about life, the universe, and everything. Why didn't we think of that? Because we're I the worst. Always forget what number episode uh, we're on. I never
2: forget what number it is, but I just ah uh, I'm really mad at myself.